Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday, June 11th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. President Biden strikes a different tone on the world stage. Plus, this year's earlier cold and flu season. But first, today's one big thing. Why it's still too soon to worry about inflation. The Consumer Price Index released yesterday shows prices for food, energy, and products like used cars increased 5% compared to May of 2020. It's the biggest year-over-year increase in almost 13 years. Axios' chief financial correspondent, Felix Salmon, has so far told us we do not need to worry about inflation. Felix, good morning. Would you like to retract your stance on not worrying about inflation? It's far too early in the morning for me to be retracting any stances. I'm just going to roll out of bed and say, no, I'm not retracting anything. Because, Nyla, do you know what a base effect is? I don't. A base effect is that when you're looking at what you just cited, the 5% was a year-over-year figure, right? You look at where the price level was in May this year, compare it to where the price level was in May 2020. Now, do you remember May 2020? May 2020 was... Absolute, I believe the technical term is crazy pants. If you're comparing things now to May 2020, you're going to get a whole bunch of really weird artifacts. For instance, no one in their right mind was thinking, I should go out and buy a used car in May 2020. So used car prices compared to a year ago seem like they've gone up a lot. But that doesn't mean inflation. That just means we've got back to normal. So I want to ask you about one other thing, because if prices going up, which we are seeing prices going up compared to last year, there were reports yesterday of companies like Starbucks running out of key supplies. How much of this also has to do with our supply chain issues? A lot. A huge amount of what we're seeing in these inflation figures is really concentrated in a handful of places which are struggling with supply chain shortages. The pandemic created massive disruptions to the supply chain, the global supply chains, the shipping industry, all of that kind of thing takes many months, if not years, to recover from that kind of thing. We're not close to recovering from that. So we're going to see those supply chain shortages show up in higher prices. But that's not the kind of inflation that people like the Federal Reserve and economists worry about, because that's temporary and it goes away when the supply chains come back. So when it's time to panic, you'll tell us. Sure. Give me like, you know, eight months. And then if it's still at this level, then I'll be a little bit more concerned. Felix Salmon is Axios' chief financial correspondent. Felix, enjoy your weekend. Thanks, Nyla. We'll be back in 15 seconds with Politics of the Week with Margaret Taleb. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Welcome back to Axios Today. On Fridays, we like to catch up with Axios' managing editor of politics, Margaret Taleb. Margaret, you are here to talk about what seems like the obvious, right? That President Biden is not Donald Trump. But how is this so clear in his first overseas trip? It is. That's just like the biggest dog bites man lead of all time. Look, Joe Biden is not Donald Trump, but watching his first foreign trip as president is a really good way to see not just how that's true, but how Biden world wants you to see that that's true. This is everything from the way the schedule is managed to the optics, to the subject matter, to the order in which the stops are happening. Think about what we've seen so far. President Biden lands in the UK. 
There's the G7 meetings through the weekend. There's the NATO meeting. There's the EU meeting. And there's really the main event, which is next week's summit with Vladimir Putin. But the warm-up, if you will, those first couple days in the UK where he's addressing U.S. troops and where he's meeting with Boris Johnson, look at what we've already seen. He comes with this announcement that he's buying and committing to distributing 500 million doses of the COVID-19 vaccine to people who need it around the world. Then we see First Lady Jill Biden wearing a jacket with, guess what, the word love embroidered across the back. You know what the instant comparison is. It's Melania Trump with the back of her jacket saying, I really don't care, do you? And finally, there is Biden's very deliberate event with Boris Johnson in the UK doing this updating of the Atlantic Charter because Biden gets to be FDR and Boris Johnson gets what he wants, which is to be seen in his country as Winston Churchill. Meanwhile, back in Washington, there may be actually some movement on Joe Biden's most beloved domestic plan right now, which is infrastructure. Yeah, this is tentative, but Republican negotiators who are part of this bipartisan group came out Thursday afternoon and told reporters that they think that they have reached a tentative uh, deal for uh, not just for the size and scope of an infrastructure package, but how to pay for it. <laughs> Let me just cut to the chase. It's way less than the $4 trillion plus that President Biden wanted. Maybe half of it comes from new spending. That's been a big threshold for Biden. And now the question is, can they sell it to their respective caucuses? Will enough Republicans go for it? Can the Democrats live with it? And can Biden embrace it? Exodus's managing editor for politics, Margaret Taleb. Margaret, thank you. Oh, and happy birthday. Thank you, Nyla. Staying home, wearing masks, hand washing, these things have helped prevent the spread of COVID-19, but they've also kept lots of other illnesses at bay. Influenza cases have been at historically low levels over the last year and a half, but now there could be a new wave of common viruses on the horizon. Axios' Marisa Fernandez is here to explain. Hi, Marisa. Good morning. Marisa, we have been home, which has been keeping a lot of other illnesses away. Has that started changing? Yeah. So our bodies have essentially gone two winters or so without exposure to common illnesses. So now as the masks come off and the socializing returns, so do the common illnesses that we know, like influenza, parainfluenza, rhinoviruses, and then RSV, which is very predominantly in children. It's called respiratory sensational virus. And so Scientists and doctors are really concerned that if we have a very early flu season, you know, September, October, August, that's going to be a huge sign for people that we're going to have a really nasty flu season. Can I go back to RSV? Because now we're seeing an uptick in those cases. Can you explain what's going on with that? Typically in RSV season for kids, you can have similar symptoms like flu, coughing, fever, you know, runny nose, but it can also get super serious where it causes a lot of pediatric emergencies around the fall and winter seasons. So what happened was because a lot of kids stayed home over the, over the fall and winter seasons, now what we have is kids getting reinfected that didn't get infected or should have gotten inf infected in the winter, but now it's just a delayed reaction. And so it's not necessarily that we have a weakened immune system. What you're saying is just that the normal trajectory of seasons of illnesses may have shifted? Absolutely. It's going to especially be interesting to keep an eye out for in the fall because 
most people are timing their back to work seasons with back to school seasons. So it's just more people are going to be interacting with more people inside more. Does that mean we should think about the flu shot at a different time than the fall? That's a really great question. A lot of scientists and a lot of virologists are trying to figure that out right now of whether the flu season should be shifted and whether public health messaging is going to be earlier and more urgent when it comes to asking people to get their flu shot this year. Axios is Marisa Fernandez. Thanks, Marisa. Thank you so much. And in case you're wondering how Margaret's feeling about her birthday this week, 29 for the 20th time feels spectacular. Here's hoping you're headed into your weekend with some of that same joy. That's it for us this week. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. We're produced by Alexandra Boti, Nuria Marquez-Martinez, Sabina Singani, Naomi Shaven, and Amy Padula. Our sound engineer is Alex Sugiyara. Dan Bobkoff is our executive producer. Sarah Kalani Gu is our executive editor. Special thanks to Axios co-founder, Mike Allen. At Pushkin, our executive producers are Lee Malad and Jacob Weisberg. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Have a great weekend. 